0: You're listening to Something Real, connecting the reality of God to the realities of life. On this week's Something to Talk About, we have a special episode with a special guest. Uh, We welcomed Pastor Rob Nash from Sawyer Highlands Church in Sawyer, Michigan, to talk about his upcoming book, Last Words, Seven Sayings from the Heart of Christ on the Cross. Uh, You'll hear more about what the book is about uh, through our conversation here, but I will say that it is available for pre-order right now on Amazon or New Growth Press. It comes out at the end of January, so if you don't want to pre-order it now, you can certainly wait and get it when it comes out. But I think you guys will really enjoy the conversation with Rob today and definitely pick up his book when it comes out. So, here we go. Hello. Welcome. Uh, Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. We have three voices today. Uh, We are big time. Big time. New year, new me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Still the home of professional podcasting. podcasting.
0: Uh, We are very excited today to have Rob Nash, uh, the campus pastor at Sawyer Highlands Community Church in Sawyer, Michigan. It's Thanks.
1: just Sawyer Highlands Church, right? Not... Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm used to saying real life then community. Then they're to do that, JKJK. A community goes there. It is a community. That's true. So
0: I'm sticking with it. Anyway, we're very excited to have Rob here. They
1: have an economy of syllables. That's true. Unlike real life.
0: Rob could just be here for no reason, but he's not. He's here to talk about his book last yeah. words and that's exciting in and of itself yeah thanks uh yeah. we were talking a little bit about that before we got started here about the the whole process of book writing and publishing and it's not necessarily an easy feat hmm. uh so congratulations first yeah. of all it that that sounds Ross. like you've got so experience
2: too writing a quite a bit easy
0: feat, <laughs> easy feat, Ziger. Yeah. so um i guess if you want to just get started here rob mm-hmm. we'll um if you want to just kind of give the uh, a quick summary of sure. what your book's about and we can go from there
2: the, yeah, the book is about the last words of Christ. So Jesus has seven sayings on the cross, and I take each one in a devotional, inspirational-like way and walk the reader through uh, what he says and how that relates to our life and then ask some probing questions to help uh, really bring it home. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's great as we kind of move into this Lenten season. Rich and I serve on a board uh helping their community prepare for Easter. So it helps prepare for Easter, but it's also good outside that, mm-hmm. just reminding people of the gospel. And um, I think th- there's this, uh, there's a tendency for us to, to prepare for Christmas, but then when it gets to Easter, we don't always do the preparation, at least sometimes in my, my tradition. And it's, it's there and it's done. And we, we have this Good Friday experience. And so trying to get at what makes Good Friday good, um, I think the seven sayings of Christ help us get there. And um, so I'm really excited to share uh, this. And uh, New Growth Press is the, the publisher that is, is, has picked it up and uh, they're promoting it. And it's coming out in, a, uh, I think, 13 days from now. So,
0: But you can pre order it now. You can pre order <laughs> it now.
2: Um, uh, but there'll be a hard copy uh, available in 13 days. And um, yeah, it's, it's been a really a whirlwind, exciting long process for me so it's I'm been really sure, fun yeah. yeah
0: so when you say the, the seven sayings of, of christ on the cross i think you know we've all heard those at one point or another yeah. in, in some particular order so what prompted you to kind of dig in deeper to each to each of those
2: yeah i i, I share a little bit in the introduction um
0: sorry spoilers <laughs> that's, all right. no, that,
2: that's all right that's all right so uh you know, they're, they're, maybe it's one of those things you want to be able to, can I do this, you know? Sure. Yeah. But in 2003, I, uh, I was in seminary going to a, a new church, and they, they just excelled at worship and teaching. And, um, uh, hey.
0: Visitors. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep. Uh, so they excelled at worship and teaching. And uh, we, we went to this Good Friday service. That's not from my tradition. We, don't, we didn't have Good Friday and we, we drove a half an hour, my, my wife and I, to this service. And it's dark, and um, everyone wore black like and, a, on the like stage. It was a tenebrae service. Uh, it was very contemplative, um, uh, probably like that. The, the songs were the more darker songs that go the deep, deep love of Jesus. And then the message was just profound and brought us into that experience. And I think. Every year, he did the same message, and it was very similar. Okay. And I thought, "Wow, I, we don't really spend a lot of time on the darker things. We sure. don't spend a lot of time talking about this—the death of Christ." And then, um, as I've been pastoring here for seven and a half years, Jeff and Sawyer have given me the opportunity to use that creative, the creative uh, palette of Good Friday to kind of explore. And so, I've, I've used each Good Friday to explore different elements of the of the cross of Christ, of the sayings of the cross at the cross of Christ.
1: So this kind of grew out of that. It that, grew those out, It really terms? grew out
2: of that. It was inspired by that previous message. Um, it's really taken on a different form as it's gone in written form. Uh, but but that that gave me kind of a, a framework to <coughs> to build out at least part of it, and then I and then I filled it all out uh, in the last few years to make up a, a book form. Mm-hmm.
0: I was I was just going to say You you kind of just touched on it. it. It took on a different form as you were writing it. Did you find that? As you were writing and, and digging a little more in, into each of these sayings, uh, were you surprised by, by anything as, the, as you went through your process? Oh, yeah.
2: Well, just there's a, a clarity you need when you're writing.
0: Sure, yeah. Uh,
2: you, you probably know that. Like, you just have to be accurate. Your Grammar matters, mm-hmm. whereas in speaking, we can be flexible.
0: Sure.
2: Uh, one thing, when I wrote my like a, a beta version of the book, kind of as I finished it up a couple years ago, I sent it out to some people, and the, the comment was... Uh, this sounds like you, yeah. and it's different in writing and speaking in that you kind of need to repeat yourself yeah. when you're preaching. When we're preaching, Rich, uh, you'll point, you do your points again and again and again to help people understand what's the big idea. Um, in in uh, the writing process, people can just go back; they can go back to the first chapter, they can read the beginning, and so there is some some repetition, but not nearly as much. And so. Mm-hmm. As I've worked with editors uh, and, and reworked this, that's one of the things that kind of changed. And so even the people who read it initially, they'll see that that's not there. That the the chapter, the first chapter leads into the second chapter, and it isn't like a whole rehashment of the first chapter. Right. And um, I'm, I'm, it's just more of a, a story uh, telling you the story of Christ and then leading us into, like, how does that relate to us? So,
1: so the form... Is a little different than like when you're preparing a sermon. Yeah. How is the process different or similar to when you're? I mean, you and yep. I have worked together in, in you know, you, you've preached at Real Life and uh, Fellowship of the Word. We've been at Fellowship of the Word and training yep. together. So, um, sermon process is a little different for, for every person. Yep. Study, the, the basic principles are the same, but, but the preparation process is a little different. How is your sermon prep or your, your, your process of that? Or, or preparing a lesson you've done a lot of, of teaching probably more even than the preaching how does that process look similar or different to your book writing process
2: yeah so the similarities are they, they start at the same place so we hold a high view of Scripture it's the Word of God and so I go there and I, I start out I when I teach when I preach when I'm writing I really want to ground it in what is it saying and to do that I have to read it multiple times so I'll read it maybe seven times underlining making connections, asking questions, trying to figure out what's the big idea. Mm-hmm. Looking at the context, um, looking at uh, the study notes on the Bible are amazing. These scholars have gone through and they've found these connections, so I'll read those. The, the cross-references are amazing. Mm-hmm. They, they make connections throughout the, uh, biblical theology. And so I'll, I'll, I'll bring that in. I'll read a commentary. I'll come up with an outline, a big idea. And that's kind of where they they're similar. I might, and then I just free write. Um, and then I will edit where they, I guess where they break at this point is in writing, there's, there's less repetition, like I was saying. And I I actually have to edit it more and more and more because of the grammar. Uh, and so well, I'll spend 15 to 20 hours on a sermon right now, um, I, again, I preach, um, a little less than 26 times in this next year. That's kind of it's about 22 this next year. I'll be preaching, so I don't preach a ton. So I do have some bandwidth in, in our in our size of a church to I prepare those days. Of That's kind of nice. 15 to
1: 20 on a sermon, <laughs>
2: you know. How much that now? So I mean, it's honestly when you're when you're a solo pastor, it's hard. to Where do you come up with the time to kind yeah. of put it all together because you're doing all the other things? Yeah. Um, but I I got a little bit of time personally to do it.
1: just a little aside. Personally, I feel like if it's less than 10, it's not adequate. Right. You know, there's. It, and that, that varies you know some things you're already familiar you know a yeah. book that you've already studied you've or preached a bunch yeah. of times yeah. sure. you know but generally speaking you know and for me I try not to preach the same book twice until I've gone through everything this is we're going to make an exception for that in 2020 but as we're uh, as we're going through it the if I'm going to do a really good sermon if I where I'm going to feel like okay I've really put the time into this I think 20 hours is is probably about right uh, uh, i would say in an average week, especially as a solo pastor now, maybe it's different. You know, as a staff Multi-staff, pastor, yeah. when you've got got a team there, um, I because you know I'm, I'm they're doing it. Uh, probably ten. You know, if it's if it's more than ten, I'm probably neglecting other things. If it's less than ten, I'm probably neglecting the sermon. So somewhere in that neighborhood.
2: Right. And some people, I mean, like if you, there's online, you can find different like stats of like some of the the preachers. Some people have a photographic memory, and right? It, yeah, and for them. Right. You know, it doesn't take as much time. Yeah, I'm no Jack I, Van Impey, where it's
1: like, I can tell you, the you know, stance, every verse. The it's like a football. It, it, <laughs> it is. It's pretty awesome <laughs> when you see it. You probably are too young to remember Jack Van Impey. You might be too young to remember Jack Van Impey, too. But but he was like the human Bible. So, mm-hmm. you know, he could just, every verse, every, you wow. um, the down to the reference, he could just tell you all these things. Uh, that's not me. That's I, not me. I, I know the Bible as an overarching story. Right. And i I've spent a lot of time. At this point, I better know the Bible, right? But I never know it enough, you know. And and again, even like Van Impe would would say, you never know it enough. Yeah. There's a, a constant growth in, in going through it. Until you're God, you don't know the right. Word of God enough. Uh, and so, as you're working through this, for the new agers out there, you don't become God. Uh, anyhow, <laughs> as as you're don't working a, through don't this, everybody's got a, a you know a different thing. Like like Rob was saying, some people are are are. And this is true in writing as well. Some people are just more relational. Like a Max Lucado, for example, has great word pictures. Now, there are other areas that might be weaknesses in his writing, but his word pictures and getting you to see and to feel and, and really connect with, with something, that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and I would differ on grammar a lot of the time. Uh, Chuck Swindoll is very conversational in mm-hmm. his preaching and in his writing. And, and yeah. a lot of times they're related. You know, So he would, it would be much more of a, of a relational... Conversational approach to it, whereas Piper is a little more propositional. If you look right, at John right. Piper, it's going to be, it's going to have a little more of a, of a really invested college professor kind of a mm-hmm. vibe. So, where would you see yourself in, in all of that? As yeah, far as so your I'm, own
2: strength So it's not so. MacCabe really tells a story yeah. and might it may a strong tangent <laughs> from the text. Uh, to bring you home, very devotional. Think, bring you home the yeah. bring home the point. Um, and Piper is can be uh, more that academic. And so I, I try to move move away from some of the academic um, approaches to the text and make it very relevant. And so the common Joe, you know, common Joe can can understand this.
1: Is that a conscious action for you? I mean, do you lean more toward one or the other? Do you, I mean, is this a? I I, I try. Automatically default to more academic and I want to move away to a more devotional kind of thing? Or?
2: Yeah, so, so I think I... Yeah, so I don't have <coughs> that... Uh, the, yeah, the Max Lucado the tangential story isn't always there. Um, I think when I read it... So I edit reading out loud. I tend, I tend to read out loud or I, I slow down and try to read it over and over and over again. And I think of that person in mind. I think of that the common person, the single mom. I think of the, the high school student. I think of that person. And I think that helps... Me ask, did I make the connection? Am I making the connection? Am I am I speaking to the, the that, that person?
0: Right. You have to, you could have the greatest book in the world, but if somebody is either disinterested or doesn't follow, then what's the point? Right. You know, right. It, has it makes be... sense
2: maybe in my mind, right. but, but when right. I write, but there's then, a yeah. sweet spot there. I missing. Right. So right. Um, So I kind of yeah. It's it, as I compare. I've read a number of books about this, and part of it is there there isn't a lot of books. To cover the last words of Christ. I was
0: going to ask you that. If, if you know, I, I don't know of a lot of other books about it, but if I'm sure you've done your research. But why? What makes this different from from other books that might be on this subject?
1: Yeah. So I've read a number of the ones. If you go on Amazon, you can see the top sellers, mm-hmm. and um, I think and, the ones I've seen have generally been Catholic or Eastern mm, Orthodox or right. something along that line. And,
2: and actually, I shared it with One the with line. the library, and they're like, "Yeah, we've written a lot on this." I'm like, "Yeah," but I feel like. There, as I've read it, it becomes more esoteric and mysterious, mm-hmm. and you don't quite get what happened. Mm-hmm. You don't quite get, how does this relate to me? And that's where I try to take it to that, that level um, in, in the book that, that isn't on, on the market, at least that, from what I read, and I did not read everything. Um, in some of the evangelical circles, there's one uh, classic out, uh, work out there from the 50s, um, and I felt like he did a masterful job just really communicating a lot that's there but it was so academic
1: that it kind of was hard to read. So you're saying, it, like, when you say academic, it, it was in, like it, a, in its approach, or was it was it like more a commentary. It was more
2: like a, reading a commentary, okay. and so that's great. You know, we need those out there. Yeah. You know, and and uh, but I think for me, as I want to prepare for Easter, even writing this, it was it was helpful for me in my preparations for just worship and looking at you know how do I follow the Lord. Um, and so that's where I landed it wasn't it's not an academic treatise, nor is it some kind of mystical experience that you get to join me on yeah. um, so that's where it kind of differentiates itself i think
0: so why lay it all out in in book form then instead of you know maybe doing a sermon series or, or preaching about it one time or a couple times? did you just feel that there was too much to get across or or because mm-hmm. I, I guess looking at it from a conversational tone. Um, that will obviously come across in a, in a sermon or in a preaching series. So why lay it out in a, in a book instead of preaching on it?
2: I mean, that's a, that's a good question. And a lot of people do spend time preaching on it. Sure. And I think I have a little bit more, I'm, I'm able, able to cover a little more ground, I think when it's written mm-hmm. and it's preserved and, and more portable than, um, something that's spoken than then maybe forgotten. Mm-hmm. And so you can go back to it and, and, uh, Uh, but certainly people have have gone that that way i also have a i think there's creative elements where i try to enter into uh the perspective of the thief on the cross next to christ where jesus says today you'll be with me in paradise what is he thinking you know how is that for him and so uh so i try to enter into that whereas in a sermon you might be dealing with the text going to other places
0: sure yeah
2: having three points um i try to give people more of a pause um and then the other thing is that, you know, at the end, I try to sum it up um, and challenge the reader to think creatively for themselves. How would you sum it up? How would you sum up the last words of Christ? And I, I give uh, just an example of what I've done in, in just trying to meditate on the cross of Christ. In and, in you know, my poetic form is is a, a long-form poem expressing my heart to God, but also exploring what what, what was that like and, and uh, giving people an opportunity to look at, you know, your creative gift or your creative gift, how are, how could you express that as an exercise of worship to the Lord? And In a sermon, you can tell people that, right. um, but they made, the example may not be as long. They may not have that, the space to, to carve out to do that. And so I try to create that and motivate that.
0: I feel like I'm fielding all the questions here, Rich. Do you want to Are, they, no, are you was, curious I'm about afraid it? No, <laughs> I was overstepping my No, bounds, not at so. all.
1: No, I, I think um, that... That observation about the the longevity of of written form stuff you know I think of Spurgeon, you know arguably the most published m- man in the English language, a- and it was the transcriptions of his sermons then being edited and and, yeah. and put into a, a a suitable written form, but if he hadn 't done that, then the only people that are hearing Spurgeon's sermons are the people who are there now that 's right. a lot of people, but I would have no idea right. you and i couldn 't be impacted by that. And you hear it, and maybe you catch it, maybe you don't. And, and, and God speaks in the moment. Preaching is definitely in the right. moment. But, yep. but as you have the opportunity, then to read and ruminate a little bit on this, to, to bring this back into my mind. Oh, wait a minute! I what did he say back then? In a sermon, you get to a, a point toward the end, and it clicks for you, and you remember something from the beginning. But you can't really, you can't rewind. Not, right. not well, you can on a live stream. <laughs> yeah. but you know, you go back at some of these recordings. But without having it someplace that you can refer to, it, it's tough to go back to. Whereas putting it in a book form, I can go back again and again and again,
0: even again. years later. Right. You know?
1: Absolutely. And, and there are some books that impacted me years ago, right. things that I read in, in seminary and college that you know sit on a shelf and they don't impact me. And then you know 30 years later or 15 years later, however long, all of a sudden something is like, oh wait, I remember that. I could go look at that peacemaker from Ken Sandy and, and pull this up or, yeah. or, you know, find, you know, some, you know, from the knowledge of the Holy from Tozer and, and go back and pull that up. And so now we've got Rob right there with Tozer. <laughs> yeah. So.
0: On the bookshelf. Yeah,
2: I yeah. wish. Good stuff.
0: <laughs> kind of on that same line, I guess, what, what drew you to, to moments of writing? Did you wait until you, did you have moments where you're just like, you had a thought, and you're like, I need to write that down now. Did you have a, a strict regimen that you needed to follow every day or every week or whatever? What was your process, I guess, in, in putting this yeah, all together? Yeah, I, yeah probably both That been. was one
1: of the things I wanted to ask as well. It's kind of in a practical sense, right. with that, you've got six kids right. and a wife, right? <laughs> and yep, you've yep. got duties <laughs> at got church. Plate, so, yeah. how did you fit this in around right. all these other duties as well?
2: So, four or five of them, you know, were were constructed in, in their framework, you know, with like, this is for my congregation. And, and then I, I really, you know, took some creative, you know, editing and, and changed them up. So that's four or five times, you know, 20. So, you know, 100 hours right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that actually, I probably got up to oh, 400 hours, I would think, wow. with a lot of the others, like the extra stuff I do mm-hmm. on it, maybe 350. Um, where, and where the rest of the chapters came in. So I, I don't that's need a lot, a lot of, hours, of sleep. Man. I don't. I don't need a lot of sleep.
1: Okay, I've roomed with this guy. He is up at four in the morning, yep. ready to go for a run, and you know. So, when he says he doesn't need a lot of sleep, I snore. It doesn't seem to bother him. He's right. got his white noise headphones in, up before the sun, yep. and on the run. How
2: much so.
0: coffee do you drink?
1: You know. So I.
2: So with the New Year's resolution, I've tried to cut back. I was at four. Oh cups. no! But now oh, I'm at no. one. So one cup. But I. Oh, so no. I wake up at. I wake up at four. I go to bed around ten, and so but I, that that first those first hours, you know, are used to to write, to pray, to read, uh, to prepare myself, and so that's where I get a lot of that. that I assume time. your family does not get up at four. They don't, which so is actually it helpful. Gives you that opportunity because I have, I have six kids. I have to do that too. I get
0: up early because that yeah. gives me at least a couple hours before George gets up to do my stuff. This is kind. of... Kind of what we touched on a couple of weeks ago with the, with uh, developing habits, yeah. and essentially you got to do what you got to do to right. to get your stuff done. And yeah. So, I it, get, it I works. Get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm a I morning person. Uh, I have to
0: have more coffee, but I get that. And sometimes,
2: <laughs> I, sometimes I do, you know. So, um, I love coffee.
0: Uh, <laughs> You're in the right place.
1: Yeah, nice coffee. Yeah, pumpkin spice. Don't act place. like you don't yeah. love coffee. I, I am a fan. <laughs> You're a fan. fan. But coffee makes me sleepy, so it has the opposite oh, effect wow. on me. That's interesting. It makes me talkative, which is already an issue. Yeah, you don't, <laughs> you don't it need more. Makes coffee. me more chatty, but it also makes me sleepy. that's well. like. Yeah, you should get that checked out. It's, <laughs> that sounds it's, like a personal it's, it's problem. How it affects, <laughs> it's how it affects my ADHD. So.
0: I'm sorry, I kind of interrupted your, your process yeah. there. So you get up at four in the morning. Yeah.
2: So I'll get I'll get some time in there. Collectively, ADHD. <laughs> weekends, vacation. So I spend a lot of time, and, and you know, I thank my wife who sac- you know sacrificed. This is kind of like, hey, I want to do this, and she's like, okay. You know, uh, devotionally, it's been good for me as well.
0: Yeah.
1: So it you kind of couples meet that Bob's way. Bob's wife, Katie. She's, she's a, amazing. She's a gem. Yeah. yeah. I'm married up. She's a Vikings fan, but she's yeah. still a gem. Hey, hey. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, was, my boy Kirk Cousins along. is up there. So. Hey, yeah,
2: he's a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Don't start talking about football. We'll okay. never stop talking about okay. football. <laughs> Katie's the football yeah, fan. Yeah, actually, oh, okay. actually, Sean actually Sean. if we, okay. she was in the seat, that would be what this would be. That would be, <laughs> that be the problem. So, <laughs> okay, yeah. gotcha. All yeah. right. So so I, I did some planning, um, and I had some goals. Like, I wanted to be done by a certain time. Sure, right. Um. So I think it was 2017 I wanted to be done. And I wanted to have some beta readers read it, mm-hmm. um, so I had it, people in my church read it. And one one gal was uh, an editor for Tyndale House, okay. So she 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 actually went to town on it and um, found four hundred like you know you'll find like an italicized word that that has uh, the the a quotation mark is italicized on one side but not the other. And she finds like you know, th- there's no period at this at the end of this. That is right. a gift. You're yes. like, whoa! So, I didn't even see that. Right. So, so we sat for three hours just talking about it and and helping refine it. Um, and so I just have these benchmarks. If I want to get it to them, mm-hmm. I got to get it done at this this point. And if I want to get it to them, uh, once I'm done with that and the edits, I want to get it to some people to maybe endorse it. Mm-hmm. And so I sought some endorsements. And then I thought after that, I want to send a ship, share it to some publishers mm-hmm. and then uh, eventually agents and there's a whole process there
0: so you were saying you wanted this done by 2017 so when did you start working on this
2: yeah so it, now
0: it's 2020 <laughs> i know
2: seriously i th- uh I'm, i think it was 2017 maybe it's 2018 um you probably I,
1: thought it was done then. right yeah the true the whole publishing process really kind of blew th- stuff yeah, yeah, up yeah. well yeah. if you count
2: when i started preaching the messages it was mm-hmm. 2013 2014 wow. They started like the idea came to me, but I didn't really start working on it until probably two thousand seventeen. Okay, and um, two thousand eighteen came around, and I, I got most of the um, the endorsements, and the and then I think I had the signed contract came in two thousand end of two thousand eighteen, where they, they they I think we signed it either December or January two thousand nineteen. So it's been a long process, is a long you process. know, but if you have six kids, you're working a full time right. job, you right. know, you've got other interests, you know, I, I like to run, mm-hmm. you know, like basically it's not the main thing I do.
0: Well, it's sure, a side yeah. thing. Yeah. So
2: it, it worked out for, for, for my schedule. Yeah.
0: And did you find that you did have moments where you're like, shoot, I oh, want yeah. to put that in the book. And how did you go about oh, that? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Like sometimes it's like, yeah, you, you, you have, have, have a laptop right, and it's just right. right there. It's like, Oh, that's good. Right. You know? Um, but so
0: I guess technology editing. makes that easier. Yeah, oh, you can put it in your phone or oh, whatever.
2: Does. I have a hunch
1: that happened a few times during Fellowship of the Word. because I'm watching. We're talking about something. All of yeah. a sudden, Rob's like, you can see the spark in his eye. Because <laughs> you know, he's got his laptop. You know, yeah. I, I'm sitting there with... You know, my phone and a notepad, and you know, Rob's all techy. You know, all the young guys have their laptops or. or it makes a lot easier. I can't even write, read my handwriting. <laughs> like, I couldn't do that. Stacy's mom can't read my handwriting, <laughs> but anyway. She's very tiny. <laughs> so you know, we'll be going along, and all of a sudden, it's like he's in a different place, just typing away. And I have a hunch that some of those inspirations probably. We learned into a lot. There was a lot there. That was good. Those were good times. Yeah. Those good times. Yeah, so
2: definitely I had those times of kind of inspiration. Right. We're like, oh, man, I really, I got a bug. I got to write. And there's other times where it's just discipline of I've got to I've got to put time in. Because I'm time sure time there's in. there
0: were times where you were supposed to right and you probably weren't feeling it or right? I, I don't yep and you don't just want to write for the sake of writing if it's yeah. not you know worth something. Well, that's
2: part of it. So 2017, I think I kind of finished up a, a version of it that mm-hmm. I that I felt pretty good about, but I I, uh, I took a break. I had to take yeah. a break from it. It that's was just, important,
0: I think, sometimes. So I you could, don't you, know, you don't just want to throw something out there for the sake of it.
1: Yeah, sounds like personal experience.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> so we've we've got roughly about five minutes left here. So I guess what I really wanted to know, and and I think Rich, this might have been uh, one of the questions that that you had sent to us earlier, is why should somebody? I'm putting you on the spot here. Why should somebody read this book? I mean, if you. Yes. If you weren't the author, yeah, would what would make you want to read it, or what would make you stick with it once you started reading? I know we talked a little bit about mm-hmm. the more conversational tone of it, the yeah. more approachable tone, but but why should just your average Joe yeah. read this book?
2: Well, some of it, you know some of it. Yeah, I'm familiar with that story, mm-hmm. but do you know what he said on the cross? And, and and then do you know how the cross relates to your life, or what he says on the cross relates to your life? I don't think people do and so my my challenge would be it's not that long of a read Mm -hmm. it's an opportunity to to meet God and to explore your relationship with God and explore what he did on the cross when he said it's finished what what was finished on the cross Uh, and so I I take people through uh, different ways different pathways to meet God at at the cross and and in those words and um, and I think it's for different, all generations, and it's, it's not just for preparation for Easter, but it would be just to prepare our hearts to meet the Lord. And so, um, there's all, lots of great books out there, mm-hmm. uh, but this one's going to be short, relevant, and um, I, I think people will, will appreciate it. I, I, did, I did writing it, you know, and I'm biased.
0: <laughs> right, you know, so. right. I think it's, from just from talking about it here, um, I haven't read it, it's not out yet, <laughs> but from talking about it here, it seems... Uh, and just kind of talking to you, it seems like it would be a book for anybody and everybody, which I think is is nice, as opposed to just I have to have all this biblical knowledge already in order to to get right. something out of it. It seems people very do get
1: intimidated if they right. feel like they have to right. If I have to work that hard to understand what's going on, it's probably not for me. So right. Sometimes that uh, you mentioned a, a devotional, inspirational mm-hmm. approach to it. Um, And yet I know you well enough to know that it's not going to be devoid of theology. Because as you you mentioned earlier, uh, I can vouch for the fact that Rob has a very high view of Scripture. uh, Does believe that it is the the fully inspired written Word of God. Um, and, And so when he comes to it from a devotional perspective... He's not ever going to be walking away from the Word. It's not like, well, here's the Bible, and then I'm going to go off on the Rob Nash tangent and right, do my right, own thing. Right. Uh, so, again, having not read it, but having been involved in this conversation to some extent for over a year now that you've been working on this yeah. from the publication aspect of it, um, I'm, I'm really excited and looking forward to this devotional, inspirational, and yet meaty uh, you know, approach to what not just what does Christ say, but why does he say it? What does that mean to me now today? And not because Jesus is saying that to us, but you know, we talk about traveling instructions with, with uh, uh, our approach to, yeah. the, to the Word. And so we can't go directly from the gospel writer to us the gospel writer was writing to a different audience when Jesus was saying this he wasn't saying it to us although in God's sovereignty he was saying it for us so as we look at that and we come you know when Rob's bringing this around for us it's not you know taking it out of context but looking at like you mentioned earlier what was what was happening with the thief on the cross what's going on there then when I see how those words impact him I can begin to pull those principles out and look at how does that impact me today? Yep. What does that What yep. does that mean in my life? Definitely.
0: So. Well, I'm excited to read it. I, I I didn't know much about it until we started talking here, but you've you've got one sale. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking May of CC. which, uh, we'll we'll wrap this up here. But do you want to let everybody know where they'll be able to get the book? Yeah, you how, said it comes out in a couple can we weeks. Yeah.
2: It? How can we order it? Yeah. So it's uh, seven sayings. From the heart of Christ on the cross. And we'll put Last links words. and everything in the in yeah. The podcast so description. Amazon will have it 13 days from now. You can pre-order it. Um, uh, New Growth Press is the publisher out of North Carolina. They've got a long, wonderful group of uh, resources, um, and uh, and they, they already have it on their website as well. And so in both places you can order it, and they'll ship it to you. Um, if you wait, they might have a, a, d- a discount. Sometimes that first week or so, they they have discounts that come out for, for the book, but. Um, uh, yeah, so it's uh, it'll be available in hard copy, and probably electronic too. Too everything's electronic nowadays, and uh, yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate well, thank
0: the time. We love
1: having you here, and, and as our guests, we're giving you one of the podcast mugs. This is so, awesome. So yeah, yeah. just, just as a blank mug, yeah. other- so <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> <just laughs> you got cheer it there. around. Yeah. So if and anybody is, if anybody listening would like a mug, they are ten dollars. Uh, email the podcast something something, something real,
0: real. real life or you can be Rob. <laughs>
1: hey, Rob. So you write a book and get on the podcast. Right. we'll get give you a mug. Thank you, thank you, Rob. Or leave a voicemail and we'll give the. First but apparently, voicemail. it's very difficult. <laughs> All
0: right, thanks for listening, everyone.